0: Matthew chapter 11. One other quick thing I want to mention while you're turning there is uh, I should have introduced him earlier during announcement time, but I honestly forgot. Uh, Connor Hips is here with us this morning. And, and his wife is here also. Did she go in the... She, she got divided. Aaron is... Aaron... Okay. Aaron got divided. Uh, that's That stinks. That's gonna, That's going to be painful. But Connor... Connor just got hired on uh, by the by the national headquarters of our denomination, uh, the Associate Pre- Reformed Presbyterian Church, and he is here to just kind of capture a little bit about our church plant. He's going to be, after the service, he's going to be interviewing me, asking me some questions about uh, what we're doing here in Charlottesville, what our mission is here in Charlottesville, how we're trying to reach folks here in Charlottesville. Um, and then that's going to be shared with uh, the whole Nomination at the national meeting, which is coming up in June. Uh, So, um, if you need to go brush your hair, (laughs) this is your chance. Yeah, (laughs) thank you, thank you. I'll take that as a a compliment. So, Matthew chapter eleven. We've been walking our way through the book of Matthew over the course of the last several months, and uh, it has been an awesome journey. I hope you feel the same way. I have been super blessed by the opportunity to study God's Word in a systematic way like this. Last week, just to kind of catch you up if you missed it, last week we had we've just begun to look a little bit at John the Baptist, because he, John the Baptist, as the forerunner of Jesus, as the prophet who brought in the king of the new kingdom, that is Jesus Christ, He is the prophet who introduced him, basically. And we saw him in chapter 1, we we saw him in chapter 4, but John the Baptist comes back up, and this time, it's a picture of him in jail. So last week we talked about John's doubting question. The guy, literally the guy who introduced Jesus to the world, was doubting Jesus. And he sent messengers from prison to ask Jesus, are you the one? Well, now it's Jesus' turn to talk a little bit about John the Baptist. Um, and, and to do that, oh, here we are, here we are. To talk about John the Baptist this week, I think it's going to be helpful for us to um, unravel some of these ropes. Can I, can I get a little help with this? Can I get a little help? Okay, you mind unraveling that one, and then that one, and then that one? Thank you. And then you can, when you get it finished, you can like ball it up into a chunk and throw it forward. That would be really helpful for me. We're starting in verse 7. As John's disciples were leaving, they had just asked Jesus the question about, are you the one? So they're leaving. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? no. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, among those born of women there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he." From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, this is is a really interesting passage, and I think the best way for us to get a handle on it, for us to understand it, is for me to have a rope. Can I get a little rope up here? Can I get a little rope? Okay, okay. So here's, here's I hope you're able to remember this phrase today. A rope is not a good hope. A rope is not a good hope. One of the things about John the Baptist uh, that is important for us to know, I was going to hang these from up here, but I don't think I have time. Uh, so you'll just have to use it as a visual cue. This is your visual cue for the day. And I'll, I'll reference it later on. But one of the things for us to understand about John the Baptist about his introduction of Jesus and about what Jesus was bringing on this earth is everything to do with the kingdom. You heard it even in our passage today. Now, you heard it in our passage today, but does someone remember what the theme phrase is for the entire book of Matthew? Is a toughie. I wouldn't expect you to, but we talked about it a few times. Anybody remember what the theme of Matthew, the book of Matthew? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now we're going to see through John what exactly that means today. And here's here's the key point. Most of the world, most of the world's religions go up. The kingdom of God goes down. The kingdom, and that's where the rope comes in, thought I'd explain that. It's it's sometimes confusing for us because in life there's all kinds of there's all different religions there's all different philosophies there's all different political positions you can hold and now with the interwebs which are literally at our fingertips and in our pockets it can be a little bit overwhelming at times can't it what am i exactly to believe well It's helpful to understand through John the Baptist, through Jesus teaching about John the Baptist, that the kingdom, the message of the kingdom is utterly different than all other messages out there. All other... That is a sweeping phrase, I know. But I'm going to defend it this morning for us from Jesus' description of John the Baptist. Because all other philosophies about life, all other religions, are like a rope... This is the image that came to my head this week as I was studying this passage. And it's like a rope up a tower, right? And, and, and there's always evangelists at the bottom saying, try this one. Try this rope. And it's all about your effort, isn't it? It's all about how you can pull yourself up. You've probably heard some of the self-help gurus um, out there. It's all about what's at the top. The world is offering all kinds of solutions at the top. It's called the American dream. A nice home, money, lots of money, a nice car. You just got to work really hard and for a really long time. But you can do it. You can reach the goal if you just pull yourself up fast enough and hard enough on the rope. But the same is true also for religion. You have to strive for enlightenment. It doesn't come easy. You've got to work really hard. You've got to go up. You've got to put in effort. You've got to climb the rope. Along comes John the Baptist. Along comes the message of the kingdom. And John says, no, this is utterly different. Jesus says, this is utterly different. This is a totally different thing. The kingdom says, go low. The kingdom says, go down. And I think we see that in our passage primarily when we look at how John is described by Jesus. Let's dive in right now. There's three things, that, three ways, I should say, that Jesus describes John the Baptist if you're a note taker. The first is, he says, John the Baptist is totally different. Get this. John the Baptist is totally different than all of the other evangelists standing at the bottom of the ropes. Secondly, John the Baptist is great. And we'll, I'll unpack that for us in just a minute. And lastly,. And this is, this is this strange verse we're going to unpack. It's been debated by scholars throughout the centuries. Verse 12. And it, basically the gist of it is this. That which is different, a.k.a. John, a.k.a. Jesus, a.k.a. the kingdom, that which is different will be resisted. That which is different will be resisted. So first, Jesus says John is different. And now... At the bottom of each of these climbing ropes, these towers, these these things you can put in effort towards to achieve fulfillment, life, enlightenment, money, whatever it might be, Um, each one has a particular evangelist at the bottom telling you to work hard and to climb up. There might be the professor with the book who's saying you can reach your goals through study, through academics. There might be a, a businessman at the bottom who's got keys to the company car that says you can get your way to the top if you're willing to step on a few people on your way up. Now, my favorite, and I would say probably the least subtle, is the Amway salesman. Has anybody ever encountered an Amway salesman? Or has anybody ever sold Amway? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? I did it just to my dad.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Did he buy anything? Yeah, he- Oh, that's precious. That is precious. I don't know what the new name is for it. There might be a new name for Amway. Some of you younger students may have you're familiar with Amway. Okay, it, if, when I was in college, it was called Quickstar. And it, I don't know what it's called now. Is there a new name for it now? Okay, basically, it's, it's there's, there's new versions of this called Plexus and like these energy drinks. Basically, you try to get a bunch of people Arbonne. underneath what's Arbon? Okay, yeah. You get a bunch of people working underneath you. But here's how every Amway salesman I've encountered approaches me. They say things like this, and this is why it's not subtle at all. They say, what are your dreams and hope for your life? That's how they approach you, literally. What are your dreams and your hopes? They don't say I'm selling Amway. They, don't, they literally, I've had people walk to me, what are your dreams and your hopes? I'm like, really? They're like, seriously, you want to know my dreams and hopes? This is awesome. And then they're like, here's my card. Um, I want to give you some products. Uh, But basically, what they do is they have you come up with what's at the top of your tower. That's why it's not subtle. They're like, what's at the top of your tower? You got something up there. You're striving for something. You You are getting your hands raw, climbing some rope, and we can potentially get you there with our Amway. Jesus says John the Baptist is different. That is not John the Baptist. John the Baptist doesn't stand at the bottom of the tower with a rope and say, what are your dreams and what are your hopes? He says, repent. (laughs) It is so utterly different. Um, The message of the kingdom is diametrically opposed to climbing up a rope. Um, It is is one of the most difficult things a person could ever face in their life. And Jesus Jesus says to the crowd in front of him, He says, what did you go out to see? He says, what did you go out to the wilderness to see? And it's really important that Jesus mentions wilderness because you don't go to the evangelist, the salesman of the good things in life in the wilderness. It's the last place you go. And in scripture, wilderness itself represents revelation. Wilderness represents messianic fulfillment. Catch this. Revelation. Jesus is trying to express through John the Baptist, this thing, this kingdom This is actually new. Like, you've heard the phrase, you know, you've heard it from Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, whatever, you know, it's all, we've all heard it before, it's all cyclical, it's all... Jesus is saying, this is new! Like, what did you go out to see in the wilderness? This is true revelation. And then he goes on to say, he says, did you go out to see a reed blown by the wind? And what Jesus is saying, did you go out to see someone who's going to tickle your ears? A reed blown by the wind is something that vacillates, something that goes back and forth, something that's going to tell you what you want to hear. He says, no. Jesus is saying, you didn't go out to see a reed blown by the wind. You went to see someone who was incredibly firm in their convictions and who was calling people to repent. (laughs) That word is tough. Repent, right? You know, nowadays it's definitely out of favor to use that word. Repent of your sins. That's what John was doing. He was out there. He was not a reed swayed by the wind. He was saying, You've got it all wrong. Let go of your rope. Admit you're not a good person. Repent and enter the kingdom. And come follow the Messiah. But lastly, lastly, Jesus says, Did you go out to see someone who was dressed in soft clothing? And implying, No, of course he didn't. He was not. Do you guys remember what the Bible describes John as wearing? John the Baptist. What were his clothes? Camel hair, which was like scratchy. It was awful. And it was what it was if you had no money, that's what you wore. You wore camel hair because it was so uncomfortable. He was not dressed in soft clothing. He was not dressed in fine clothing. What's the message Jesus is trying to get across there? John's not in it for himself. He's different. Every single one of those evangelists at the bottom of those ropes, trying to get you to grab on the Amway salesman, the intellectual, the, the rich uh, businessman, whatever it is, the, the, the mom who is trying to get you to help improve your kids or whatever it is. They're in it for themselves. That's what you've experienced in this life, in this world. This is what you have experienced. And it, it'll jade you. It's jaded me already. People are in it for themselves. They want you to do something. I'm sure all of you, at some point, and this is perfectly understandable, have thought exactly that about me. <laughs> right? You know, I get you. Check me out. You know, I mean, I, you know, when we first were getting started, it's like, what are this guy's motives? Right? What does he want from me? You know, he's probably in it for himself. And I'm. In some days, I probably am. I hope not. I pray the Lord would remove that. I pray that this would be about others. This would be about about shepherding, about reaching out for the lost. But sure, I'm human, right? Jesus is saying, John is different. He is not in it for himself. He is doing this for others. This call to repentance is utterly different. Now, Jesus goes on. He says, John the Baptist is great. John the Baptist is great. And what Jesus is trying to get across is, He says, John the Baptist is the greatest of the old era. And he says, but those in the kingdom, those who enter through the doors of the kingdom are greater. The least of them is greater than John. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, it's brand new. This is a new era. Something new revelatory is actually happening. The redemptive purposes of God are changing everything. And he's saying John is of the old order. So even though he's the greatest of the old order, he's still the least in the new order, the new kingdom, the new aeon, what I am bringing. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we're going to end with this. Or last point. We're not ending with this. (laughs) Don't want to give me the wrong impression. (laughs) But this is the the final point. (laughs) And it is this. That which is different and new will be was and always will be resisted. It will be resisted. You, if you've read at anything in the Gospels beyond chapter 11 of Matthew, you know the level of resistance that both John the Baptist, who's in jail right now, by the way, the level of resistance he experienced and the level of resistance Jesus experienced. Why? We have a clue. Does anybody perchance have the ESV version? Of the Bible, can you read for me verse twelve? This is a really interesting but strange verse. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Okay, one more time. Did y'all catch this? This is this is really interesting. Just try it, try it real loud. Thank you so much for reading. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent have taken it by force. Or the, violent people, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence <laughs> and the violent take it by force. This has been variously translated over the centuries. The scholars have debated this verse <coughs> left and right. I dug into it deeply this week and I think, I'm going to say I think, I have a grasp on what Jesus is trying to express about the kingdom in this verse. Martin Luther actually I don't think have the right translation. The fact that I'm saying that is a little scary. But Martin Luther, wanted he he was saying, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And he's saying, people that are really like hardcore and who really want it, violently take it. Like, try real hard. In other words, kind of like a rope. Grab it. The violent take the kingdom, and they call it their own. I'm in the kingdom now. And I don't think that's what that verse is saying. It's saying The verse is saying, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent resist it. Here's our clue. One of the ways that we study scripture, that we were taught during the Reformation that Martin Luther was a part of, one of the things we were taught is that scripture itself interprets scripture. Key principle. When you're studying the Bible... Scripture interprets Scripture. And the best way for us to understand this passage is other passages in Matthew. The two of them are verse um, 13 of 23 and verse 19 of chapter 13. So we're just going gonna to dive ahead a little bit. We're going to paw ahead just a little bit so that we can fully grasp what Jesus is trying to get across here. So Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is telling the parable about the seeds that there was this farmer who scattered seeds along the path, and some fell on the rocks, and some fell... He's giving all these different examples of what kind of soil people's hearts are when they receive the kingdom message. And he says this. verse. Well, I'll do verse 18 and 19. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The only other time in the book of Matthew where that word, the Greek word for snatch or grab or take away, the only other time that's used is right here in verse 12 of chapter 11. Where it says, the violent, if you translate it another way, the violent snatch it away. Okay, So we see here that the evil one, that is Satan, is trying to actively snatch away the message of the kingdom from people. Satan does not want people to repent. If Satan could scream anything to you, he would say, Grab the rope. Get the rope and get moving. You are independent of God. This is the message Satan likes to do. You see it all through Scripture. He says, Satan says, You are on your own. It's what he said to Adam and Eve. You're on your own. Look at your life. God doesn't care for you. Look at your circumstances. God is not concerned about you. You are on your own, and you better get on that rope and you better pull hard. And you know what? Your worth is your production on that rope. How high you can get. That's your value. And you feel it, and people get crushed by it, and it is absolutely, violently ripping the truth about the kingdom from people. He is in the process of doing that on a regular basis. The violent snatch it away, that is. So, we have another verse, though. Chapter 23, verse 12. Um, Starting in verse 12, and we're going to do 13 too. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you shut the door of the kingdom in people's faces. Okay, again, this is a, this is a violent, if, you, if you're looking in the Greek here, this is a very violent description of what the Pharisees are doing. They are literally slamming the door of the kingdom in people's faces, saying, you can't go through. This message, I'm violently going to keep you from this message. And it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You you yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Again, violent prevention of people getting into the kingdom or understanding the message of the kingdom. Why and how? We know why Satan does it. We know why the evil one snatches away the kingdom because he wants people independent of God, he wants people on his team, he wants an army. That is opposed to all things about God. He wants people who are in rebellion against God. And he's collecting a force behind him. The Pharisees, though, not the same motives necessarily. Similar motives, but not necessarily the same. The Pharisees were hypocrites. Jesus says that in our passage. Actors, putting on a show, right? So their point was we are, and you could see them up at the top of the tower on their ropes. They're like, we are the ultimate climbers. Okay? We're like, Professional climbers. We have all of the gear. We have our carabiners, like a whole row of them. They have little chalk bags. In fact, the Pharisees set up tents on this cliff face and would spend the night in that danger zone because they wanted to prove how incredibly well they climbed. The rope was white because they wanted pure hands, they wanted clean pants. And they wanted to look clean before all the other people. And here comes John the Baptist. And here comes the message of the kingdom. And the message of John the Baptist is repent, let go of the rope, and drop to the bottom. And they are like, nope, not only are we not going to do that, but we are going to actively prevent other people from doing that very thing. You say, Jesus, John the Baptist, go low. And we're about to see with Jesus' example, the ultimate form of going low, of humbling yourselves, of dying for others. And they say, no, go up. Pharisees say go up don't listen to those namby pamby lies you can do it just try a little harder you're in control right you're in control of your life circumstances of your life you got full control i'm not trying to, i'm not picking on you david in particular but I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> bottom line john the baptist was calling for repentance Repentance is going low. Repentance is giving up trying to earn your way to God, and on top of that, stopping thinking you're a good person. That is very difficult to do. And it's hard for me. It's hard for anybody. If you, if you say this to people, they will sometimes react violently. And I'm not telling you to go stand on a street corner and pronounce it, but the message of the kingdom, repentance, is a tough message. I remember one time I was a youth minister, and I was I had a small house in Little Rock, Arkansas, and a student came over, and he was in all dis- he was just really upset, and he said to me, Nathan, I my parents are idiots, and I was like, okay, well let's talk about that. And he's like, they don't understand. I was like, I get it. You're in high school. It's probably true. Uh, but why are you in trouble, I asked him. You know, what, 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 why are you so upset at them? Why do you think they've been unfair to you by grounding you? And he said, well, you know, I got caught smoking weed. And I was like, oh, you got caught smoking weed. I was like, well, okay, that's kind of a big deal. Like, probably should get punished for that. You know, I mean, that's like you broke the law. These, these things happen. He's like, nope, it's ridiculous. And I was like, what if, what if maybe your assessment of yourself is wrong? I was like, what if maybe you're not a good kid? Like, what if, maybe, what if maybe you're a bad kid? What if maybe what your parents are saying is true? And he lit me up. He blew up at me, ran out the door, slammed it in my face, and I called my pastor, my senior pastor, the next day. I was like, I'm terrible. I was like, I'm, you probably should fire me. Like, I'm going to run off the students at this church. <laughs> And he's like, he was gracious. He's like, it's okay. He's like, you know, sometimes you just have to do things. And I, I was like, I'm, not, I'm never preaching that message again. That kingdom message? Nope, not for me. Three days later, a student calls me. Can't sleep. Been up at night. Middle of the night, woke up. Found a Bible in his house somewhere. Reads the Bible through the entire night. Converted. And, I was, and he told me like four days later, I was like, Hold up! <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> no, no, you're mad at me, like you, you hate me, because I, 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 I said some nasty things, I think, and he's like, no, you just pointed the way, you just showed me the kingdom. It's a hard message, the go low message, that we have to share, the truthful message of the kingdom, that you can't earn it that you have to let go of the rope, that thing that you're burning your hands on trying to reach acceptance and favor with God and with other people. It's got to be let go. The doors of the kingdom are at rock bottom. Jesus talked about this in the Beatitudes and we just studied them in chapter 5. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom. They have learned that I have nothing. I remember this hitting me this week as I'm walking through this neighborhood right by our house crossover 250 and you go near Charlottesville High School you take a left at that little split and there's this house just on the left right there that's gorgeous it is amazing they just did brand new landscaping the house itself is like out of a storybook and it has this perfect yard and there's a BMW in the driveway and I was like I want that I was like, "Lord, I I picked the wrong profession," <laughs> and on top of that, you know, I probably should have climbed the rope faster. I I mean, I just I'm mean, being honest. I wanted it. it. It's so beautiful and so perfect and so Charlottesville. Um, and then I realized what Jesus was teaching with the kingdom and what John was bringing with this whole repent message. He was saying. The reason Jesus says, I'm preaching the good news to the poor, is because the poor get it. They get it. The person who owned that house may have done a great job at at whatever great, awesome job they had, okay? Absolutely true. But the reality is, they didn't probably earn it, really. They didn't. It's called spade a spade. And I'm kidding myself to think, if I had just taken a couple choices, passages, just pick that other job and gone over here. I would have had all that. Again, a joke, a lie. It's a lie. I wouldn't have. They probably didn't earn it. They were probably born into a wealthy family and were able to reinvest their money in good schemes and then they made more money on top of that money. But I can promise you this because I've thought it many times in my life. I can guarantee they think they earned it. Which is why Jesus' message generally speaking was not for high achievers for us us it was for those that understood immediately I'm already low I'm already at rock bottom and there's the doors to the kingdom and Jesus says walk through because on the other side those doors of grace is joy real hope a rope is not a good hope and obedience and I say obedience because us obeying Jesus, us obeying God is simply a response to His grace, to His goodness, to Him ushering us through those doors of repentance. Christ Central Church, go low. Don't take the rope. Let's pray. Lord God, thank You for this message. Thank You for, Lord, I don't like talking about repentance. You know this. Um, but Lord, I pray that, Lord, give my heart repentance this week. Lord, I repent even now. Lord, I think way too highly of myself. I think I'm good. I think I'm a good person in general. Lord, I think that I can do it. That I can achieve it, Lord. But you have shown me over and over that no, you can't. That no, you, you are incapable of waking up in the morning if it weren't for my grace and my spirit and my sustaining power. Lord, I pray that you would humble us this morning. Lord, I pray that freshly we repent but that we wouldn't stay in the low place because Jesus, you're always lifting us out of there through your love, through your grace, through your resurrection, through your life that you give us. Because Lord, we don't enter through doors into an empty room. We enter into your arms. You've promised to carry us. I pray, Lord, this morning for anybody in here who is, who is feeling the burden, the weight of sin in their life, the weight of striving after that which brings no happiness, that, Lord, there would be a fresh turning to Jesus and that there would be a fresh experience of Jesus as we come to His table now, as we come and we eat and we drink of our glorious Savior who has promised to fill us and satisfy us as nothing else will. We pray all this in His name. Amen.